When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Final hour, Thursday edition of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We've been breaking down The Wednesday night Republican debate, a lot of different angles to attack, a lot of different candidate performances to analyze. One bit of good news, by the way, I thought we should mention, Buck, has nothing to do with the debates. The Senate has reversed. Did you see this story? The John Fetterman dress code. So the Senate as a whole, uh, credit to Republicans and Democrats, both sides of the aisle, said, no, this is ridiculous. We can't have uh, a guy in shorts and a hoodie presiding over the United States Senate. So they voted to override the uh, the dress code decisions of uh, Chuck Schumer to make that adjustment. Now, I don't know. The one thing I don't know, Buck, is what happens if you what happens if Fetterman just refuses to wear a suit? Is there some sort of fine? Will they not allow him on the Senate floor? In other words, I don't know. Anytime there's a dress code, you're relying on someone to be willing to uh to subscribe to the dress code, right? Yeah. And also the fact that you have an ability to enforce it and there are consequences if you don't. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know where it will go from here, but I did want to mention that as good news. Okay, I thought last night the strongest moment on the stage, I'm curious if you would agree, Buck, was Dana Perino asked basically survivor style, who would you vote off the island? You have like... A, a dry erase board and the ability to write on it. I presume they just passed those out to everyone. And Ron DeSantis basically took charge on the stage and said, no, we're not going to do that. I think we have this that audio. Listen. Which one of you on stage tonight should be voted off the island? <laughs> Please use 
with your marker to write your choice on the notepad in front of you. 15 <laughs> seconds, starting now. Of the people on the stage, who should be? I'm absolutely serious. With all due respect, wow. I mean, we're here. Like, you know, we're happy to debate, but I think that that's disrespectful to my fellow competitors. Nobody wants yeah. to. Nobody wants to participate. Let's do some questions. Now, uh, at the so, very end yeah. of the debate, and that was Ron DeSantis's most alpha dog moment, I think, there. And it yeah. wasn't some huge, uh, huge long speech he gave, but just to step up and say, look, we're not. And I, I understand they were trying to have fun at the end of the debate. I do think it was ill-advised, um, but I think DeSantis handled it very well. They moved on. They turned it into another, some other question. Chris Christie volunteered that he would vote Trump off the island, which yeah. just to my point that the only reason Christie and Pence are running is because they want to have a platform to uh, try to, you know, get even with with Donald. People who started to write, I think <laughs> I think Vivek started to write. I, I don't want to I don't want to speak out of school. I don't want to get this wrong. Christie started to write, but he said he was writing Trump. I think Vivek there was one other. There were maybe Pence. Pence probably would be writing Trump, too. Um, look, by the polls, the answer would be Bergam, obviously, who has not really ever gotten above zero or one percent from what I've seen. Uh, he may be joining you, Clay. I'm I'm, I'm out tomorrow because I have to move, um, but he may be joining you. So we'll see if we have uh, Governor Bergam in the I, mix. I thought he was. I thought he was really good. I, I did mean, too. Very likable. Um, yeah. I uh, I like the idea of business uh, background because so many people are clueless about you know, basic business issues. Um, but I thought that was a strong moment for DeSantis. I didn't even have a problem with the Dana Perino question. I thought it was actually a good question. And sometimes, here's an interesting way to think about this. The question was provocative enough that the reaction to the question actually revealed something more than you might have gotten. My biggest issue with debates in general is so many of these guys have just totally memorized their answers I know. that it sounds like, it doesn't sound like a conversation. And you probably deal with this with on the show, too. We talk about this. We can have guests on who are candidates, and they can't have an actual conversation because they're so robotically programmed to go right into their talking points that it doesn't feel organic. Um, and that reaction felt organic because they weren't prepared for that question. So uh, yeah, it's I mean, look, a risky question, but it at least revealed something. I think that sometimes you could even see with those candidates, you could see in sense that when they were answering things, uh, some of the candidates, the structure of the answer felt like it is uh, rehearsed when you hear yes. it, right? The moment, if someone says, you know, inflation's a big problem, what are you going to do about it? And you say, well, first we have to remember that Joe Biden is so bad. And then we have to think about this other thing. And then there's this other thing I want to throw in about how I did great things. And you never even really get to the answer as to what are you going to do? What is your solution? There was a lot of that last night. And I mean, I think, you know, one of the bigger, we will get to birthright citizenship, which before you and I even talked about, I thought was Vivek's yeah. best moment, his best right. answer. Other than that, you know, I think Vivek is somebody who every chance to speak is an opportunity to give this sort of soaring uh, rhetoric about the greatness of America and the American people. It's like, you know, sometimes we actually just want to talk about why the price of milk is so high and what we yeah. can do about it. You know, like sometimes you got to get down into the weeds a little bit on what you're going to do. And you're hitting on what I saw as the biggest flaw. The, the most revelatory moments are the unscripted ones. 
So when the candidates start to go back and forth at each other and they're chirping, and we were talking about Nikki Haley and what people thought about her, that's actually when they reveal, I think, more of what they're really like. And I thought a lot of times the conflict would start. And then if you go back and watch it, like if you went back and watched the tape of the debate, you would notice how often this happened. Man, there's a real disagreement. There's conflict. They're going at each other. It's off script. It's real. Or at least as real as you can be on live television with the Klieg lights up and everything else, right? We all understand that this is in some way um, an audition for playing the role of president, right? Which is a very much of a, there are a lot of cosmetic elements to it. But they would cut away. It's like they're going head to head. The candidates really have a disagreement. They may not even like each other, which is fine. And they're really kind of throwing punches. And then they go to a totally different person on the stage and ask a question that's totally unrelated to what the fight was about. That's why it felt so discordant to me. In addition, you said the first hour, and I think it's the right word. It was very cacophonous because everybody was kind of talking at once and there was the, the sound didn't feel right. It didn't feel very natural. And then when they got the real, remember back in the real world advertisement? Mm-hmm. Remember they say, you know, when, when things stop being, you know, they, they basically being fake start, and to start get, being real. That's right. right. Yeah. That was the tagline. We got to the, when things stop being fake and start being real. And then they went back to the fake instead of allowing the real conflict to emerge. So there was something else that was interesting that happened last night. Since we started with Ron DeSantis's big, big uh, moment of the debate, which I think most people, irrespective of who they support on that stage, thought Ron's best moment was the, hey, like, we're not going to do that to each other. Um, and, and, and really, and you could tell because the other candidates really all agreed too. So there was unanimity on that stage. Um, while maybe one or two were erasing their dry erase boards as fast as possible. But uh, there, there was another, another thing that came up last night. Gavin Newsom. Oh yeah. He, he took a break from surf lessons with Clay. And decided that it's great in a wetsuit, by the way, my boy Gavin. It's really like really good looking dude in a wetsuit. So he decided that he was uh, going to show up and he was on Fox News. Now, as we know, Fox is and, and, and I believe our, our good friend Sean Hannity is the moderator or set to be the moderator. Uh, Fox is going to have a debate between DeSantis and Newsom, which I think will be very interesting. I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, I think it's harder for it to turn into just kind of an audio melee when you have two people, you know? Yeah, I think that's right. Because, you know, if you're just shouting over somebody the whole time, you really do look like a jerk. If six people are shouting, it just sounds like a mob or seven people. Um, But Newsom sat down with another interview, and this was a real moment, a very Democrat moment in my mind, where Newsom is actually taking shots at DeSantis for being willing to debate Gavin Newsom. Play, Play the clip. This week we learned that it's going to happen a debate between you and Ron DeSantis, November 30th, Fox News Channel, Sean Hannity in Georgia without a crowd, uh, just the two of you. Why are you doing that and what is your strategy? Well, I I don't know if that's the right question. Why is he doing it is the right question. He's running, I think. I'm not sure after tonight. But currently he's running for president of the United States. You think he'll still be a candidate on November 30th? That's an open-ended question. Part of me wonders if, you know... Uh, the fact that he took this debate, the fact that he took the bait in relation to this debate, shows that he's completely unqualified to be president of the United States. <laughs> Clay, Clay, 
you got to tell your buddy here, okay? You're not allowed to bait. This is like, he's not man enough to get into the ring with me for the boxing match. And the guy's like, all right, I'll get in the boxing match. He's like, oh, he's an unserious person willing to take me up on my boxing challenge. Like, can't have it both ways, Gavin. Although he thinks he can because he's a lib. This is just, I mean, I look, listen to that, and I think to myself, Gavin Newsom wants Donald Trump to win. I, Gavin Newsom wants Donald Trump to be elected president in 2024. I, I just, I don't think there's, when you listen to that, if he truly doesn't think that Ron DeSantis is a legitimate candidate, then the flip side is, why are you debating him? The, the the weird decision here is not that someone running for president of the United States would want to get his arguments on as big of a stage as he possibly can. It's that the guy who's not running for president of the United States would want to do it. In other words, I don't think DeSantis's logic or his decision to debate is strange at all. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think of many people will watch that November 30th debate with Gavin Newsom, and it also allows, to me, Buck, Ron DeSantis to then pivot and say, I'll take on any man anywhere, any place, or woman for that matter. I'll go one-on-one. I'll go mano-a-mano. Trump's not big enough, brave enough to actually get on the stage with me. Heck, I just debated Gavin Newsom and wiped the floor with him because he wanted to argue that California's vision for the future was better than Florida's. He's wrong. Like, I actually think the DeSantis pivot here is really good. The Newsom answer is way more interesting, Buck, because it makes it seem like he's working for Donald Trump. Well, I no, think see, he, he never likes, criticizes Trump. I think he likes Trump. Yeah. I mean, this is where, this is where Newsom is. And, and I, there, there's interesting history here as well. Uh, yep. where Gavin Newsom's former wife is now the fiance of Donald Trump's son. So, uh, er, uh Don Jr. So That's right. there's just some Newsom Trump, uh, connectivity. And I think that he, I think that legitimately, remember there, was it in our interview with him or another interview? You know, people still reference the Putin is a genius, which I was yeah. sitting there go, that's what he told the two of us. Um, you know, and they kind of took it out of context, but I remember that the, they melted, that was our Mar-a-Lago interview with him and the, the internet melted for about three days, uh, yeah. after that comment. Um, but there was something where Trump said that he kind of liked Newsom and some people picked up on it. And Newsom has said things where he kind of likes Trump. And in that interview, I mean, that to your point about who he wants to win and everything else, he, he's, he's going for, he's going for kidney shots against, uh, you know, against DeSantis. He's not holding back at all. Okay. And, and who would that sound like? Sounds like Trump. Yeah. Gavin Newsom went on Fox News and basically delivered the Ron DeSantis is not qualified because of his choices to be president of the United States. I mean, if you just take away the quote as to who's saying it, and you just read that line, you'd be like, oh, Trump might have said that about DeSantis. I think Gavin Newsom is in cahoots with Donald Trump in some way. And I think that Gavin Newsom wants Donald Trump to win. And some of you out there are going to be like, no, he's the guy, he's a Democrat governor of California. He doesn't care. He cares about what's good for Gavin Newsom. And what's best for Gavin Newsom, think about it, is actually Biden and Kamala Harris getting beaten in 2024 by Trump because that destroys Kamala Harris. She's not even on the top of the ticket. Right. If Biden loses, she's no longer like the clear front runner. If Biden wins, it's almost impossible for Kamala not to be the nominee in 28. If he loses, then she's done. And, and I, Gavin Newsom I, look, is the next man up. 
the same way that Gavin Newsom was telling everybody, well, mandating that the state of California shut down while he was dining with 15 of his friends at French Laundry and like not having a second thought about COVID. I'm sure he would say that Trump would be the end of democracy and we can do anything to stop him. But actually, he knows Trump would be fine. He'd be great for the economy. He'd be great for the economy of California, despite their their best efforts otherwise. And it does clear the field for him for 2028 in a way that I, I, I think that's totally correct. I think that Gavin Newsom is secretly, quietly rooting for Donald Trump to win this election, which is is insane on some level until you think it through. Then you go, oh, no, that actually makes perfect sense. Here's another wild card buck. I bet they're talking behind the scenes. I bet Gavin Newsom and Donald Trump are having private conversations behind the scenes. Wow. He's moving in on your buddy, you know. You're gonna, you I, know, you're, he's, he's taking, he's Trump taking is, Gavin Trump is a very time. seductive person. I mean, I don't know. I was hoping that it was going to be me and Gavin out on the surfboards, you know, having a nice glass of Chardonnay after, uh, after an early morning, uh, early morning swim in the Pacific, but I, I don't know that it's going to happen now. He's, you know, it's interesting. More people on the left, they could learn a lot by get, they, they could get into the media ecosystem. Uh, deeper and more frequently if they were just willing to not act like total lunatics whenever anyone on the right comes up or anything else, you know, cause we'll have them on our, we will have them on our shows. It's different on totally. the other side. We yeah. would actually have some of these people on if they're willing to come on and, you know, be, be normal. Um, 800-282-2882. What do you think about all this? And, uh, we'll get to some of that in just, um, oh, also the birthright citizenship thing that Vivek, uh, Vivek talked yes. about. We'll talk about that. Start earning high-yield returns in a low-yield market by investing in Phoenix Capital Group's corporate bonds. You choose your investment amount, term limit, and earn returns from 9 to 13% annual interest with Phoenix Capital's domestic energy asset bonds. These bonds have been filed with the SEC and are also independently audited. Phoenix Capital buys energy royalties previously reserved for institutional investors, now accessible to you, the savvy investor. Phoenix Capital Group is disrupting the traditional energy industry through their proprietary offerings, yielding up to 13% annual interest. Learn more by downloading the Phoenix Group's free investment guide today at phxonair.com. For a private investor meeting, visit phxonair.com. Make an appointment with Matt Willer, Managing Director of Capital Markets. Investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today for more information. The Truth Compass, pointing due right every day. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 
995-GOLD. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Biden's job-killing EV mandate has dictated that nearly 70% of all cars sold in the United States must be fully electric less than 10 years from now. Do you believe that? These are built specifically for people that want to take very short trips, okay? Hop in the car, darling, let's drive down to the store and let's drive back. Oh, it's crazy. That's crazy. You know, they say the happiest day when you buy an electric car is the first 10 minutes you're driving it. And then after that panic, sets in because you're worried where the hell am i going to get a charge to keep this thing going now panic they get panicked donald trump last night in michigan just giving you a little taste there of of his uh speech i, I watched a, bi- a big chunk of it not all of it but it was it was very trump the uh audience was highly enthusiastic and you know he he still still has a lot of energy his ability to to go off script and still be really entertaining and lucid is uh is impressive I, um, yeah, he was, uh, there's no doubt. I did think Doug Burgum's answer there about one of the challenges that the UAW faces is we've so subsidized electric vehicles, you can't even build normal cars anymore. Mm. There's such a thing as the secret royalty program. It's a unique investment that could hand you up to $10,000 or more in payouts every year. And thanks to an obscure IRS loophole, these payouts are mandated by U.S. federal law. In fact, the publication Business Insider writes that this type of investment could provide enough money to live off of each year without having any other retirement plan. 
Now, most people have never heard of this before, but Wall Street has been using it for years, and you can too. There are no age or income requirements. It's available to anyone 18 or older, and there are no employment requirements. You could be working full-time, part-time, or even be retired. But there's one catch, and it's something you must act on soon. The deadline to collect the next payout is coming up fast. So here's what you got to do now to check this out and see for yourself. Visit SecretRoyaltyProgram.com now for more information. That's SecretRoyaltyProgram.com, paid for by Wide Moat Research. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, we talked about this for a while. I think both Buck and I responded very well uh, to what I thought was one of the only actually provocative arguments. I guess you can argue that DeSantis saying that he would raid the cartels and blow them up is it's a pretty aggressive position, but he's, he's said that I, for a while. I actually disagree with him on some of that a little bit, too. So I, I based on your that. intelligence background, you think that would be a mess? Um. Yes, for thinking that we're going to be able to, first of all, the government of Mexico would absolutely have to be 100% on board. The government of Mexico is incredibly corrupt. The cartels have infiltrated at the highest levels the security services of the government of Mexico. This isn't going to be cross-border raids in, uh, in, you know, Waziristan in Pakistan with drones where you're like in a little village and no one's going to know what's going on. This would be going into Guadalajara. This would be going into major Mexican population centers and going up against cartel leaders. People forget this when I think it was one of El Chapo's, I think it was one of his kids, um, was at one point under arrest or one of his top lieutenants was under arrest. I can't remember. They shut down a whole city, Clay. They yeah. deployed guys with 50 caliber, uh, 50 caliber rifles and belt fed machine guns and said, basically, let our guy go. We're just going to start chewing everything up. I mean, the notion that we're going to send guys in there and this isn't going to be an absolute mess. Look, do I think there's room for greater cooperation? Yes. Do I? Th- but the real answer is lock down the border. Cause if we're going to, if we think we're going to be doing spec ops raids against all the, all the cartel guys, how are we going to find them? Who's going to go after them? I mean, we've tried this kind of thing before. I think it's way more, I think it's a major and very complicated fight. I'm not saying it's impossible to do some of this, but it's not as easy as just, you know, send in the uh, 82nd Airborne. Okay, so um, that was provocative, and it is something that has not been discussed widely. The other thing, and, and you probably have heard both Buck and, and myself talk about this a lot, that we have to fix the border. And the way to fix the border, when you really dial that drill down to the root causes, there are two reasons why people come to America. One is jobs. They can make way more money if they get here than they can make in whatever country they're in now. Second one is they want to have kids who become American citizens because of birthright citizenship. That is, if you are an illegal immigrant and you cross our border and get onto United States soil, your children are American citizens. Birthright citizenship is a vestige of colonialism. It doesn't exist in most of the rest of the world. It is being taken advantage of, and it is a primary incentive factor to drive people here. Vivek Ramaswamy said he would end birthright citizenship. Here is that answer. Listen. I favor ending birthright citizenship for the kids of illegal immigrants in this country. Now, the left will howl about the Constitution and the 14th Amendment. The difference between me and them is I've actually read the 14th Amendment. What it says is that all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the laws and jurisdiction thereof 
are citizens. So nobody believes that the kid of a Mexican diplomat in this country enjoys birthright citizenship. Not a judge or legal scholar in this country will disagree with me on that. Well, if the kid of a Mexican diplomat doesn't enjoy birthright citizenship, then neither does the kid of an illegal migrant who broke the law to come here. I okay. think he's right. 100%. I mean, we, we both think he's right. Um, the argument may turn on uh, subject to the jury. I mean, you are, even if you're not an American, Correct. In, in America, just like Americans are subject to jurisdictions, uh, you know, abroad. In the right? foreign yeah. country that you're in, you don't get to have your laws travel with you to Honduras, for instance. Yes. So, you know, you are subject to the jurisdiction you are in. Um, so I think where the legal fight on this one may turn, assuming somebody's willing to actually go there and, and try to do this, would be, well, they are, you know, they are subject to U.S. jurisdiction, you know, they're subject to U.S. jurisdiction. I understand, I, I don't think that's right. I think that the proper, um, way to view this is what he laid out, which is essentially, if you, let's say you come here as an illegal immigrant from, uh, from Venezuela, we've been talking about that a lot, uh, you're really subject, for the purposes of citizenship, you are subject to the jurisdiction of Venezuela, right? You are, you know, that, that's the way it should be viewed, the same way that people who are Americans who are deployed to military bases, you know, you are under U.S. sovereignty and UCMJ when you're abroad. It's not, oh, I'm, I'm living in Germany, so like now I'm in Deutschland. Like I <laughs> yeah, just live by right. Deutschland rules. Like that's not actually how it goes. Um, so yeah. That's, I think, the, uh, that was the most interesting way to put this. That was the most, in- I'm sorry, interesting, um, moment that Vivek had there up, up on the stage. You know, the people say this. I, I don't really hear a good answer. Trump brought this up. Yeah. And said he was going to do it. And then I think it was one of these things where the advisors or something told them don't do it, right? I mean, what, yeah. you know, what, what was the, why didn't he do it? I mean, my answer would be, I guarantee they polled it and they were like, you're going to run for reelection, sir. I do think that the under discussed element of a potential Trump second term, and this is true for any second term is you're done. So if there are things that you want to get done that may be controversial or may not poll that well, it's the second term, the first couple of years where you decide to do it. So I would start to say some of those things if I were Trump. Hey, I'm letting it rip because I'm not ever going to be president again. I'm going to really do everything that I said I was going to do. And maybe just be honest, because I guarantee you, sometimes political reality dictates that they go back and they say, hey, sir, turns out if you win birthright citizenship, you drop X percent in these states where you need to do well. Um, I also think part of this is, Buck, is just the way you make the argument. Um, and I, I make the argument in my book, an American playbook, because I dove into this. There isn't really a good defense of the history behind birthright citizenship. It makes some sense in the context of, hey, you know, you used to have to get on. We had Bill O'Reilly yesterday, and he was like, hey, you know, when you got on the boat in Ireland and you were trying to come to Massachusetts Bay Colony, that was a multi-month trip. And so most people who got on boats and came to this country never went back because it was expensive and because it was so incredibly difficult to make that trip in the first place. The idea of birthright citizenship didn't exist for hypersonic jet travel. You know, the idea that you could get on a plane in China and land in L.A., whatever it is, happened. 14 hours this later, this, this all is, the time. 
this is a business. I mean, people make time. money. It's illegal, but people make money doing this, running these birth uh hotels, effectively. Correct. Um, and or you know, like citizenship hotels, whatever they call them. And uh, they they investigate this. You're not supposed to be doing this, but the system that we have does incentivize this. And the system that we have hasn't figured out, or ha- no one has has brought this challenge at least, so we get full clarity on where this is all going. Yeah, Trump. I I, I looked this up, Clay, um, on the fly here. Trump said in 2018 he was going to sign an executive order um, ending birthright citizenship. Uh, he said in October of 2018. You can definitely do it with an act of Congress, but now they're saying I can do it with an executive order. Um, and uh, that executive order did not get signed. Yeah. Now he is saying, to be clear, that this would be signed his first day in office this time around. So you may be right. It might have had to be a, uh, I guess, in 2018, a political calculation or 20 early 2019. I, I think I would bet that his advisor said, sir, that's a risky move to make. Remember, Trump, I believe, would have won comfortable re-election but for COVID. The the idea, it wasn't just that COVID happened. It was that COVID happened in March of an election year. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people out there who are listening to us right now find, you know, the idea this came out of a Chinese lab is not at all, I don't think, if you look at the evidence, controversial to say. We've been, you and me have been saying that for years. That's what the evidence reflected. There are some people that will take the next step and say, this wasn't an accidental release. I'm not willing to go there, but the fact that this happened in an election year is certainly one that makes your eyebrows go up. There isn't a year that this could have happened that would have been more um, destructive in terms of the American body politic than during an election year. And by the way, not an election year buck when it's like Mitt Romney against Barack Obama. Two relatively, generally speaking, blandly inoffensive nerds kind of throwing punches at each other. Instead, you got Donald Trump on the ballot. So I just think this is a, the whole concept here factors in, but I would bet they said to Trump, this doesn't make sense to do in your first term. Let's do it second term. And he was planning to do it in the second term. That would be my guess. Uh, as we kind of break this down, we'll take some of your calls to close up shop here on the Thursday edition of the program. Try to run through them fast. Give us your reaction, your biggest takeaways from the debate last night. We will hit you coming back, 800-282-2882. Tunnel Towers Foundations, let us do good village in Land Lakes, Florida, community that will have about 100 homes for the Foundations program participants. Community just north of Tampa, first families have already moved in. One of them's a gold star family, another a family of a severely injured service member given a smart home to help navigate mobility challenges. The Let Us Do Good Village is a special place where families can heal together. It's a community where the children of our nation's fallen or severely injured heroes can grow up and experience life surrounded by support and understanding. All thanks to an extraordinary donation of many acres of land and your generosity. Help America's greatest heroes and their families heal together. Make the Let Us Do Good Village the first of many communities like it. With every mortgage-free home, the foundation makes good on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices our heroes have made for our country and our communities. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck and get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7.
Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Closing up shop here on Clay and Buck. Want to take some of your calls, read some of your VIP emails. And uh, Clay is going to be solo tomorrow. I'm going to be moving. Um, so just moving, moving houses, not moving cities or anything. I haven't, haven't decided to move back to New York. That's not how much so rather on. would you be doing the show than moving? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I will, I'll be missing the show during every minute of, because moving is inherently, um, 
and I'm, I'm, you know, old now, so I like get movers. I, I moved when I lived in Washington, DC. I had like a pretty big, you know, one bedroom apartment and everything else. I loaded my U-Haul myself, drove four hours and unloaded the whole thing myself. And it was, it was a pretty, that was a tough day. I'm going to tell you that was a tough, you, you think you don't have that many things until you realize you do. Um, so moving is always a, they, they say it's like the third or fourth most stressful life event most people have, you know, yep. it's like after like a divorce, getting super sick and then, you know, moving. Um, but anyway, I'm moving. So Clay is going to keep the show moving here and make sure that everything is fantastic tomorrow. So I'll miss all of you. I'll be back on Monday and I'm going to try not to throw my back out. Cause you know what always happens, man? You see these guys, they're like moving stuff around. They got those weight belts on, uh, and uh, you know, the stability, whatever, I'm like, I could lift that. Let me, let me help them out. And then I go over there and then that first little, that little twinge in your back. And then you realize you're not 25 anymore. You know, professional movers are badasses. I mean, that is a grueling physical job to be I doing think it is day one of the by day and most underappreciated yes. jobs. The fact that people, I mean, I've, I've moved many times in my life, more times than I honestly would have liked in retrospect. And whenever I've, I've moved alone a lot, I've moved by myself a lot. I got friends to help out or whatever. When I've had professional movers, a very, uh, a lot of respect for what is a very hard, uh, very hard gig. Um, all right, here we go. VIP emails coming in. Wait, do we have some, we have some calls? We got a bunch here. of callers. A yeah, lot of calls. Let's, let's go to our them. calls here. Uh, Rhonda in Tampa, Florida. What's going on, Rhonda? I'm Gavin, um, Newsom and Ron DeSantis. Sorry, what, what was your first part? We missed, we got cut off there. What, what's your take? No, my take is is that they better be that DeSantis needs to be very careful with Newsom. I've lived in both states, and Newsom is very good at the gift of gab. He doesn't need note cards and things. Yep, he's, he's just very good at replies. And when he when they hit the economy here, and I know they're going to try to hit the economy in California too. And trust me, I'm a Republican. But the thing is. It was cheaper to live in California than it is in Florida. And Gavin Newsom never allowed insurance companies to raise rates 40%. He never did that. He never did things that would hurt the people. Thank you for the call. I would argue that shutting down schools and not letting people go to the beach hurt people (laughs) In, in, in California in a pretty big way. But I think the essence of what she's saying, Buck, is everybody out there understand this. Just put this in the back of your mind. You may think I'm crazy, but just start to think about it as you watch Gavin Newsom move about. He wants Donald Trump to win because it benefits Gavin Newsom's opportunity to run for president in 2028. And Gavin Newsom is not out looking for what's best for the country. He's out looking for what's best for Gavin Newsom. And that is Trump winning. Just replace everything Gavin Newsom saying and pretend Trump said it. Not a lot of difference. And just ask yourself this. How much super negativity or even negativity at all has Gavin Newsom levied at Donald Trump? It's hard to find. Very little. Very little. Um, he always says something like, I mean, obviously we disagree on policy, but, you know, I got to say the guy does have quite a head of hair. You know, it's very. Uh, he wants Trump to win. And once yeah. you recognize that, everything that Gavin Newsom is doing right now makes sense. Jessica in San Antonio, Texas. What's going on, Jessica? Hi, gentlemen. How are you? We're fantastic. Good. Good. 
I just wanted to say, I've been calling and calling and calling because I want to tell you in my humble opinion, I think Vivek, Vivek just, he won that debate last night. Um, I think he won the last one. I think he has the most unique perspective uh, because he appeals to a younger generation. I don't think anybody else on that stage. How old are you, Jessica? I'm 39. And, and there's nobody else. Uh, I, I do agree with you. I think Vivek appeals to people, you know, 45 and under, 50 and under in a way that he wouldn't older. Uh, so you thought he won debate one and debate two? 100%. Last night, and y'all made a great point when you talked about, you know, um, some of the, the issues that they all pretty much agree on. But when yeah. he talks about, you know, leading this new, our generation, our kids, uh, to be, you know, to love their country, to have a purpose. You know, I appreciate that because I think this generation in high school right now, they don't have that. Yeah. They, they're lost. They're on their yeah. phones. They're playing video games. And he, I think, can, for, for my kids, you know, and he's my age, you know, yep. for my kids, he can bring them into and give them purpose. And I just love that about him. He has something to offer these this younger generation, that voting block. The Republicans always ignore the younger generation. I just, they have nothing yeah. to offer them. Thank you so in much my, for calling in, my, Jessica. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, I don't think we have we have so many other calls I wanted to get to, and I was like, you know, how good do you think Vivek really is at tennis? I'm pretty good. I don't know. I might have to. I might have to we'll see take if we a can get a charity your, match going. Your calls tomorrow on Friday. I would just point this out. Vivek is what 39. Yeah. Ron DeSantis is 45. There's only five or six years between them. It does feel like Vivek is way younger than DeSantis. Would you agree with that? Like, even though they're only separated by five or six years, and I don't mean just physically the way they look, because DeSantis has three young kids, Vivek has two young kids, they do feel like they're separated by more than five years. Mm. Who do you think had a higher GPA? Oh, that's a good question. I think... Vivek. I'm going to go with Vivek because I think he would have defined himself by GPA more. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.